Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes! Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. This is the Manchester Football Social Forever Blue. Uh, thanks for downloading the show. Make sure you've subscribed to the show so that you never miss another episode. You can do that wherever and however you listen to podcasts. Please make sure that you follow us too on Twitter at MCR Footy Social. Manchester City Football Social with Blue Moon Rising. Hello, gang. We're back again. It's all Manchester City for the next hour on the Football Social. Um, I'm Ian Cheeseman. With me uh, in the studio at the moment as uh, City legend, that is, Mr... Paul Lake. Yeah, you're supposed to say your own name. I thought, well, I couldn't say it for you, but I thought oh, you'd be more than capable of doing that Thanks, yourself. Mate, yeah. So, brilliant. Nice to have you here. And we have the City legend of a different type in City Square. <gasps> that is... Natalie Pike! Yes! We've got other guests on the way as well, and of course you can get involved at any time um, by sending us a text or giving us a a call or whatever, um, and we'd love to hear from you. However, we haven't got a shortage of things to talk about tonight. We've got a lot to talk about, actually. Where do we start? We've got Phil Folden, who's just uh, signed a a five-and-a-half-year contract. Uh, We've got uh, Raheem Sterling being racially abused, the performance at Chelsea, City losing for the first time. Tomorrow it's Hoffenheim at home. Injury news we hear today is that David Silva's going to be out for days or weeks. Not sure how long that's going to be. Kevin De Bruyne is still out. Aguero might be back at the weekend. So there's a whole lot of January transfer windows not too far away. Where do you want to start? Well, I'll tell you what. Goodness. Before you start, I've got to get this off my chest, oh, right? Okay. Because uh, people have been... Um, talking about this Raheem Sterling thing, and I don't want to make the whole hour about that, and I'm sure you two don't want to do it either. However, um, and, and, and social media, you know what social media is like? People have, say, have, have been saying, well, you know, wh- why don't we you know, hear what you've got to say? So I'm going to say what I've got to say now. And I'm under no control, the, the, despite the fact that I do this vlog for Manchester City, um, I'm, not, I, I'm not gagged, silenced, told what to say or anything. I'm just going to say my own stuff, right? Obviously, what happened to Raheem Sterling, even though at the moment it's not been proven, four Chelsea fans have been suspended, internal investigation happening, but uh, it's fairly clear that something bad happened. Raheem Sterling's own statement more or less said that he felt it was racial abuse. 
racial abuse of any type, as far as I'm concerned, is completely unforgivable on any level, whether it's black-white, which is usually what we refer to as racial, or whether it's other types of racial, because there's plenty of others. Um, obviously, don't want to get political here, but with Brexit happening and everything, we've seen it happening in, in the country. In fact, it happens all over the world with people from different countries who might have the same coloured skin. We've got people who have different religions, different sexual orientations, different genders, all those things. As far as I'm concerned, everybody's equal. And what happened to Raheem Sterling is completely unforgivable. The self-control he showed to just smile and laugh and deal with it in the way he did fills me full of admiration that anybody can actually do that. So hats off to, to Raheem Sterling for, for reacting in that way. But obviously there's been another question which we're going to tackle a little bit later on about whether this type of stuff is, is stoked up by, by either the media or the newspapers or radio or television. We're in radio. You know, are we stoking it up? I don't think I am. I don't think you two are in the studio. But nevertheless, there are accusations that that has happened as well. We'll explore all of this. We'll go through the Chelsea game in, in detail. But I just felt I had to get off my chest how I felt. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, every human being on this planet, I don't care who you are, what, what your background is, where you're from, what your religion is, everybody deserves the same amount of respect. And to watch that happen to, to a, a footballer, a young footballer, is just... Uh, well, it doesn't matter who it was, actually. It could happen to... to Somebody in this office, it, I would feel very, very angry about it. I've got it off my chest now. Good. Go yeah, and I think everybody listening, um, I would like to imagine everybody listening agrees with you. And Pep Guardiola's come out today in his press conference and said that racism is everywhere. It's not just in football. And we have to fight to make a better future for everyone, not just in England, but everywhere. Um, and, I, you know, I, I think that's, you know, spot on. And I think the way Raheem Sterling has handled himself is incredible. You know, like you say, the way he reacted when it's happened to him. And, and, and I would sort of say sadly it's probably because he's so used to it i imagine raheem sterling has grown up with racism for for most part of his life and so now when he hears it he just laughs and because that's you know he probably thinks that's all he can do um but i think the the post that he made you know it was so well thought out it, it was so intelligent the point that he's made it, we've got to take a positive from this it's that hopefully it starts a new serious conversation about race in this country and you know in football and beyond well so many ex-players have come out um, sort of speaking quite openly around the fact that uh, they still feel that it's it's uh, ever present it might be underground so to speak but it's still ever present and it'll never you know, go away will no it? no and, and you're always gonna have sadly i mean it's yeah well it, it's kind of well obviously racism is taught it's not part of your dna and that that's the, that's the sad part about it is that it's propagated by by your environment by by certain people and you like to think that, uh, that it's 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 probably our age and over, Ian. It's it's that generational thing. You'd like to think. Hopefully, that's going to be the case. I mean, certainly uh, the younger generation. I don't feel would would accept that. And and uh, you almost put that kind of uh, comparison with some of the Brexiteers that were quite older generation that you know have actually voted that way. Although you know you can you can argue the sort of you know where where those with that. But I mean, ironically, in the changing rooms, there's none. There's no racism. I've never experienced it. I've never seen it. I spoke to so many ex-players and current players. It's just, it's just not an issue at all. And it must be difficult, especially when we know that, OK, this guy, these guys, these Chelsea fans were caught in that moment. 
But that could be at any stadium, sadly, and it still could be. And and it takes a lot to oust people, to be brave enough to sort of stand up and say, that's not acceptable, and to call them out on it. It might cost them ever coming to that stadium ever again. But I think we need to make this stand. More people need to stand up and be counted, you know, and, and that's going to be the issue now. I mean, my, my son was walking to the game, uh, uh, the Bournemouth game, and um, it was a City fan in his 60s crossing the road. And a car almost knocked him down, but it was his own fault, stepped out the road. And it, it was a black guy driving. And this City fan called this guy the N-word. And his son's 15, and he's an innocent bystander. But he actually called him out and said, that's not acceptable. Now, I'd been asking him to do that. You know, none of us knew. My, my wife was there, but it was the younger generation. They're not having it. And that's Good. what we need to do. We need to look at the younger generation now to make sure that it's stamped out forever. And with education and with consistency and more big-name players, more high-profile players, making sure that everyone's heard, I think eventually we're going to wheedle it out. I hope as well at some point, because as I mentioned before, racism takes lots of different forms. It can be anti-Semitism, it can be... Uh, it can be gender uh, specific. It can be homosexuality. You know, um, and and you know, at the moment, no f male footballer has had the confidence really to come out as a gay footballer while and, and, while playing. Cause yeah, while the, playing. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're quite right. And and I'm thinking that that in itself is quite a sad reflection of the fact that we're still not at that point where people can openly do you know say say whatever they want really about about their, their religion or whatever, without it becoming an issue to somebody somewhere. But but you're quite right. We're, we're, I mean, please give me some hope here, Natalie. You're from a younger generation, so, so Lakey and me are both <laughs> old. But, you know, Cheers. it's, it's got to go. <laughs> probably, it, probably not that much between us. <laughs> but eventually, that, that it's got to, surely it's got to go. People, it it's to. a different world now, isn't it? It has to. You just, you just got to hope, but... You know, the worry is, like Lakey said, it's not something that... God, we're getting very deep here, aren't we? Yeah, it's not we something are. you're born with. It's something you're taught. So are these people having kids? That's the worry, like. But, I mean, I'm so proud of your son. You know, you must be, have been so proud yeah, of him as well because yeah. we have to try and speak up when we get the opportunity. But he actually said to this guy that you're doing a disservice to all City fans. You know, but he actually meant football fans, but he actually yeah. said City fans, you know, wearing a City skirt. It was, it was, it was a sad indictment of, of a very small minority, but every club will have these people and we just need to make sure they get called out. Definitely, and let's support Raheem and, you know, and we're talking about it. I think it's good. Everyone needs to talk about it. We need to accept that it happens. And, you know, I think we have to say as well, as a white woman, I have never experienced racism. Um, so... For so it's I would say for, it's difficult for me to talk about it because I haven't experienced it. Um, but I think it's important that we do all talk about it. We need to learn. We need to openly discuss these things in our in our in our country. And if this incident with Raheem Sterling makes people talk about it, then it can only be a positive thing. Well, you know, it's easy. So very quickly, I was I worked as a physiotherapist at Burnley, and it was one of the home games. And uh, there was the twin brothers uh, who were black who played for Luton Town, and. Uh, he went off the pitch and I was treating a player off of the pitch quite near to me and, and, a, and a fan. I'm not saying that all Burnley fans are racist because they're not, but someone threw a banana on the pitch and I threw it back at this guy and I stood up and said, I can't believe you. And he said, oh, I didn't mean our black players, I meant theirs. I mean, what a ridiculous statement to make and that's what you're dealing with. Again, small minority, but it's frightening some people's opinions and that lack of emotional control means how can I be as offensive as I can? And you saw... That's it, it that's yeah. it, isn't it? What's going to upset them? Yeah. What's going to upset somebody? The animosity with it, with it, that those Chelsea fans showed to Raheem Sterling was frightening, really.
Do you think it's changed since? I mean, when I remember Alex Williams coming into City's team, it was it was sort of routine that you went to an away game and bananas were thrown because he was in goal, so he was near the crowd. And generally, the most partisan fans are the ones behind the goal. I know it's slightly changed from in different grounds these days, but that was how it was in them days. And as Alex Williams came out, that was just just normal. You know, and and That's sad, isn't you know, it? and and it is sad, yeah. you know. But you think it's it's changed now. I mean, my my son was watching the uh, the Everton game the other the other uh, yesterday was it against Watford, and 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 he it wasn't talking about it, this wasn't about racism. This was a different subject, but it all seems to me to feed into it. He, he sh- saw a, a close up of the crowd as a player went near to the crowd. I don't even know who the player was. I don't know what colour of his skin was. It's irrelevant. But he was near. To, he was an opposition player, and he was near the crowd. And he said the amount of vitriol and hate and anger and spite that was in the faces of these people mm. just really scared him. And and I, and, and I said sadly that this is a society we live in today. That that there is so much anger. Mm. I mean, I know I'm going off on one here, but as you drive down the road, everybody's angry on the road, mm. aren't they? What <laughs> is going on with us? But football is often that for people like an escapism where they forget who they are and um, they use it to, to escape from day-to-day life. Um, not that that's an excuse in, in, in any way whatsoever. Um, but the one of the people involved has, has been named now in the press and he has said, you know, he's profusely apologised and said, you know, he, he didn't, he, you know he's, he's embarrassed about what he did. Um, but yeah, I agree with you, Ian. It's... There's just, there's just in general, outside of football, there's just a lot of hatred in the world right now. The trouble is now as well, because I've seen it on, on social media even today, um, people are sort of saying, you know, when we move on to the subject of whether journalism is in any way contributed to this, you know, name and shame the guys or, or ladies that did this. And I'm thinking, well, is that the right approach? Do you now want a witch hunt? Do you now want vigilantes going out saying, this person did that? It needs to be education, doesn't it? I mean... Uh, some people have said to me, should City have taken more actions? Should City have, in, in some way, banned journalists or banned organisations? You hear that a lot, don't you? Yeah, yeah. and, and uh, what, what, what do you think about that? I don't know, I don't know. I mean, uh, quite often, in fact, a few people tweeted me this week um, referring, obviously, to, to Alex Ferguson and the way that he would um, deal with the press. Obviously, totally different issues, but if he didn't like what the press was saying about him, they would get a ban. Um, I don't know, like, as a person, I like to treat people the way I want to be treated. I like to think that if you're nice to people you know people will be nice back to you and you know, maybe you can teach people that you know to, to be nice i know does that sound ridiculously fluffy are people gonna is everyone like shaking their heads now go oh she sounds really fluffy i'm but, nodding good thank you so yeah i just think we need to we the best way to combat you know it's like it's like that famous faith um phrase when people go low we go high and the best way to combat them is to you know be nice smile at them let's welcome them in and let's teach them about how, you know, what a great club we are and, you know, try and change their opinions that way. We don't know the thoughts of the press officers at, at, at football clubs. I mean, I know them and I talk to them a lot, but th- they wouldn't bring me into their confidence to talk about something like this. But, you know, I, I, I asked the question to you, the listener, and, and, you know, if you want to get involved, get involved. And to you two who sat with me, and I'm thinking about it myself as well, should City be more proactive and actually 
do this or does that make the, the, the whole thing worse? You know, United used to get lots of bad publicity because of the actions of Alex Ferguson banning people. City have seemed to take a different attitude and I certainly have witnessed press officers at City taking a journalist on one side and having a word and trying to persuade them. But the other thing as well, because we're going to talk to a, a sports journalist in a minute or two, is often it isn't the, the sports journalists who actually attend the game who are the ones that, that the fans are getting most angry about. It, it's it's people who write the front pages or the stories inside the yeah. papers yeah. Or, or present a, a, a news radio programme or a, or a, or a news mm. TV programme, because it's not just newspapers we're talking about, it's all forms of media. But it, and again, it, talk of the layers there, but it's also who's, who's editing. At the end of the day, if something makes makes a more of a of a landmark statement, then they will tweak what someone's written, and yeah. often the journalist hasn't got control of that. And there's people that just whose job is just to write headlines. Exactly. Yeah, and and and, and editors, which is you know saying do that story. We don't know how much of that goes on. So vilifying the individual whose name's over it is not always the right approach anyways. I'm not making excuses for people. And I know there's a lot of anger out there at, at, at different individuals who've written stuff and had their names attached to it. But I really don't think that the way to do that is to out individuals and, and to vilify those. It's to, it's to do it in a different way. But I don't claim to know all the answers. Wow, been off on one here, haven't we? But we're proud of... The overall <laughs> thing is we're proud of Raheem Sterling. Absolutely. And we're going to talk uh, some more about this right after this. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Manchester City Football Social with Blue Moon Rising. This is uh, Tuesday night, isn't it? Between six and seven. And every Tuesday between six and seven, we talk Manchester City. You can put insert other words there if you want, and I'm sure it's right. But we principally <laughs> talk about Manchester City. Uh, we being, in this case, Ian Cheeseman, Paul Lake, Ashley Pike, and maybe you, if you want to give us a call, 0345 treble one. 7625 and you can do that at any time or you can text us on 87711 we've so far talked about Raheem Sterling and we're going to do one more little bit on this because part of the debate and part of the question has been the way some people have suggested that the way that the media have reported uh, Raheem Sterling um, in fact we're going to the man we were going to talk to we're going to get back in a second he's, oh, he's, oh, he's right um, that some people have said that the way that it's been reported in the media and that can be radio we're radio newspapers television social media wherever it is it's everywhere now isn't it that that has somehow stoked things up and and maybe almost encouraged the sort of racist behaviour uh, that we saw at Ch Chelsea if it's proven of course at the week I've got to say that um, now one of my esteemed colleagues, Martin Blackburn, who writes for The Sun, is going to join us now. And there are plenty of uh, journalists that I know that work covering Manchester City who, as far as I'm concerned, are exemplary in terms of the way that they do things. Martin is one of those. I think it would be very unfair to 
to ask you to comment on your newspaper, your employers, or any individual people, Martin, uh, who, who are colleagues. But in general terms, what do you feel about the criticism that the, that the media, and I include us in it, radio and television as well, have had in, in, as to whether they stoke up this, this r racism and whether it's deliberate? Yeah, good evening, Ian, and uh, good evening to Paul and uh, Natalie as well. Um, it was, um, I thought it was a, a very bold statement that made, uh, made by Raheem this weekend, and, uh, and and really impressed with him for doing it, to be honest with you. Ian, I mean, it, it made me as a tabloid journalist feel slightly uncomfortable, uh, but it also made me sort of think quite a lot about uh, about a lot of things surrounding uh, Raheem Sterling. So, uh, um, you know, I, I take my hat off to him for, for doing it and for and for shining the light back on the media, if you like, you know. I, I personally um, have got a lot of time for Raheem Sterling, you know. Uh, as you know, Ian, I've been lucky. I've, I've travelled around the world with uh, with City, and uh, I always tell people about the time when he first signed. You know, I was in the Gold Coast, and there was a game against uh, Melbourne City, and um, City arranged for uh, Raheem to do a sit-down with the, the handful of journalists who were there. Um, Stuart Brennan of the MAM was another one. I know Stuart remembers it as well. We had a, um, we were all quite taken with what a sort of polite and, and engaging lad Raheem was, uh, to the point where when we'd all cleared out of the room, um, he asked Manchester City's PR if uh, if, he, if they wanted any help tidying the room up and stacking the chairs up and that. So uh, just a little snapshot there as to, as to what sort of a lad he is, um, Ian, and if. Um, you know, if people got the chance to talk to him a bit more often, uh, and, and maybe we could see, um, you know, that the, the real Raheem Sterling perhaps isn't the same one that, uh, that that is sort of portrayed in the media, if you like. So uh, that, that's probably not going to happen, partly because. You know, we know now what what his what his feelings about uh, newspapers are. Of course, there's other there's other media he could do that with. Um, but at the same time, you know, he he he's got every right to feel that way, given given some of the things that he, uh, have been written about him. The criticism that that is most commonly applied into the ways he's portrayed is that if a yeah. similar story, so let, let I'm not sure if this is exact, but let's just use this as an example. Raheem Sterling uh, buys a house for his mum as a thank you yeah. uh, because he's able to do that. Then the, the argument that City fans, I've seen them do it on social media, is that he gets vilified for that as being, you know, a bling or whatever. If Phil Foden, yeah. who's just got this new contract, uh, goes and does the same thing for his family, they're saying, isn't yeah. he a lovely fella, uh, you know, supporting his family? Now, personally, yeah. I think they're both lovely people for doing that, but the perception is, rightly or wrongly, that yeah. Raheem Sterling is treated in a different way because of the colour of his skin. Is that a conscious? If that is true, and you tell me if, it, if you think it is, is that conscious, subconscious? How does that work? Well, well yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good point, Ian, because Raheem uh, used the similar example regarding Phil Foden and uh, Tosin uh, on his on his Instagram post, didn't you? And I think it was it was from the Daily Mail or the Mail Online. You know, I'm not. Sort of single any paper or, or organisation out, uh, but that that was that was just the example that, that Raheem used uh, and suggest, and pointed out the sort of the sort of difference. Excuse me in in the in the coverage of of the two. Now I, you know I 
uh, I think they were um, uh, a few months apart, maybe even a year apart. So, um, uh, the, the, you know, the, there is perhaps it's not a, a direct comparison, but uh, they were sort of covered very differently. Um, as far as as far as I'm aware, uh, you know, I've no, I've never personally encountered any sort of racism like that in in the newspaper industry. But you know, I, I heard Clark Carlisle and, and a colleague of mine, Darren Lewis, uh, on GM. I think it's Good Morning Britain with with Piers Morgan yesterday, and they, they talked about, like you say, subconscious, uh, uh, you know, racism, and and could, could that sort of thing go on? Well, I, I don't know. You know, who knows? It's possible, but yeah. I can't speak for everybody, and certainly not. Well, Martin, you know, you, you mentioned about uh, how you've sort of reflected on, on the situation and how you may have been influenced, albeit uh, subconsciously, but at the same time, as a lot, I think a lot of journalists will be doing a lot of soul-searching, but even for some players and, and ex-players, I mean, there was a player, I think it was Dave Kitson, was, was recently on a radio show talking about the fact that Raheem may be in some ways to blame for it because he's been a little bit brash and a little bit OTT in terms of his own Instagram or his own social media reflections of, of his life. Like, that's justifying it, which is a scandalous thing to say, almost like saying if a young lady wears a short skirt, then she's going to get attacked mm. and she, she's asking for it. I mean, so yeah. I think we all need to be more consistent, don't you think, in how we talk we about these things? We do, absolutely, Paul, yeah. And, and Pep Guardiola uh, talks talked about uh, Raheem obviously a lot today and, and, and mentioned that sort of use of uh, social media as it happens and, and how he's, he, he's not using it quite as much uh, as he was before. I think I think the, the things that, that Dave Kitson was talking about, I, I've, I've listened to the clip myself, were, were quite a long time ago, weren't they? I think they were uh, from several uh, several years ago. But, uh, but yeah, I do, I do think um, that we all need to, to, to sort of look at ourselves really and, and and consider whether 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 he's whether he's got a point, you know. Um, I, you know, I, I personally, I, I would say that there's there's been an awful lot of good things written about Raheem Sterling as a, as a footballer, certainly, you know. And and this is perhaps where you get a little bit of friction sometimes between the the news desks on newspapers and the sports desks. And, um, and certainly, you know, Raheem. I mean, in the last couple of seasons, uh, for, for us as, as football reporters, how, how can you you write anything that's, that's there's not uh, there's not good about him. He's been he's been amazing, you know. But but like I say, there are there are sort of uh, news desks who have a, a possibly a, a different ag agenda and, and go digging for, for things about his uh, about his social uh, you know his, his sort of private life. So um, so it's a case of uh, of like you say of us all of us all sort of reassessing the way we uh, the, the way we do our jobs, the way we go about it. And, and as I say, as I said at the start, you know, credit to to Raheem Sterling for uh, for. for for coming out and saying what he, what he said in, in the light of what was a, a really shocking uh, incident at Chelsea. It says a lot about you, Martin, that you're prepared to come on and talk to us tonight. Thanks very much for that. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Cheers, Martin. That's Martin Blackburn, uh, Food for Thought. Uh, I think, you know, we, we spent half of the show now talking about it. I think we need to, don't you think we need to draw a line? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not saying it's going to go away. The problem's not going to be solved, but we've dealt with it. Let's move on. Let's talk about the Chelsea defeat. You were there. What do you think, Nat? 
Oh yeah, my first away game in about it's your 14 fault, months. You know? Yeah, I know. I knew I was waiting <laughs> for that. I was waiting for that. I don't know, you know, I feel all right about it to be honest in a weird sort of way. I you know, I don't think it was a corner by the way for the second goal, but I think that's kind of buying, you know, whatever. Um I think we were the better team in the first half. I think they were the better team in the second half, and I don't have a massive qualm about the result. Obviously, we should have taken our chances better in the first half. Um they they scored from their first shot. So, um I'm, do you know what? It's disappointing, but I never, for one second, I'm imagining you guys didn't either thought we thought we'd go the entire season invincible. As I keep hearing it, I never heard one City fan say that. No, no, I mean I, I'm I'm like you. I didn't believe that. I mean, in terms of the game itself, we think about how we approached it, and obviously after that, uh, I mean, there was our first shot was something like eight minutes into the game, and, and Raheem Sterling had half a chance, and it's just that that snapshot, that bit of conviction, you know, because against teams like Chelsea, you only get those half chances. Obviously, Le- Leroy had a chance as well, but you just felt in our right hand side became quite redundant, uh, you know, in insofar as how Chelsea pressed, and they did a, there was a high press to begin with, then they sat behind. With, with with five across the middle and it was difficult to try and get David Silver on the ball in particular and although he set up both chances for Raheem and for Leroy aside of that David didn't really get into the game I think the last two games as well we've not really seen the, the, the normal David Silver his, his form's dipped a bit obviously class doesn't go away but form can dip and his form has dipped and let's hope his hamstring isn't going to be serious but then in terms of the goals you know it's great in terms of having a, a almost like a uh, a, a term of reference for, for Pep Guardiola to show certain players because every player is learning whether you're 19 or whether you're, whether you're 34, 35 and certainly for Leroy Sane he doesn't have that sense of danger so he, he wasn't thinking about that ball coming across for, 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 for Kante and it was a great finish and again with the second goal no one really picked up David Luiz so you had John Stones who didn't know who was behind him he didn't check his shoulder normally he does and John Stones has been superb this season I've been so impressed with him he's been absolutely excellent didn't check his shoulder Laporte wasn't picking anybody up because he was gonna, he was worried about um, whoever's going to be at the far post so to speak uh, but in terms of those moments there's two moments where we didn't pick up properly Kyle Walker who was so effective in his last game against Chelsea when we beat them 1-0 didn't really get into the game as he would have liked to have done because that right hand side was so it was marshalled so well and he was trying to force issue by getting forward was the reason why William got in the first place so it's just individual moments that have cost City but again it's, it's a great term of reference for for, um, for Dolfo Burrell and for Pep to look at the defensive uh, attributes of certain players to make them realise that you can never switch off and mm. the game against Liverpool now is going to be built up you know to, to, to great heights and one that at the Etihad you feel as though if we can if we can put Liverpool to bed I think that that's going to be one that's going to demoralise them Oh yes I like that Paul yeah yeah I mean this, God that game now is so big isn't it on the 3rd of January it's even bigger now than it was but um, how are you guys feeling about this weekend and the um, Manchester United versus Liverpool game because I'm totally and utterly confused by my feelings towards that game well you know something cheesy and how about you but I, I, I as much as I respect my mates who are Reds I never want United to win a game ever, so a draw is fine. Draw, okay. I'll go with that. 
Yeah, it's a tough one. I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that is. I mean, obviously Liverpool are going to be City's main rivals. United aren't going to be in the title race, but I can't sit there. It's too much in my DNA to sit there and go, "Come on, United!" It just doesn't feel the right, the right vibe. Mm. So perhaps I'll just not watch it, and whatever happens, happens. <laughs> you know, it's sort of that sort of thing. But going back to the, the game against Chelsea, I mean. I've been, you know, we've all been defending Raheem Sterling and, and saying, you know, all the right things, hopefully. Um, in terms of playing, we're allowed to criticise if we want. And I'm going to say that if Raheem Sterling had taken one of those chances early on, and, and you can make an argument to say that's his not, nat not his natural position and he shouldn't have been playing there. But if he'd have actually buried one of them, I think the outcome of that game would have been very different. Now, obviously, that then opens up the debate about the absence of Aguero. Should Gabriel Jesus have started? Um, Mares takes up the position generally when he's selected on the right-hand side, which I'd personally prefer to see Raheem Sterling playing in. I think he's far more effective when he's on the right than either playing that false nine or even playing on the left with Mares on the other side. Mm. And, and I think that, you know, missed chances actually in the end was what cost City in that game albeit that we, we know we, you can see that there were defensive mistakes, but if City were ahead at that mm -hmm. point, might mm -hmm. have been a different result. Well, yeah, I mean, certainly in terms of the confidence of Chelsea in the second half, it, it grew as the game went on, and, and like say, not taking our chances. I think there's a different dynamic. When Mahrez plays, he doesn't really get beyond the fullback that often, although he's got a wonderful step over and he can do that, but he's not the quickest player, if that's maybe not a criticism, that's just how he is. Whereas you look at Raheem in the second half, the one chance he set up for Gabriel Jesus with about 10 minutes to go, he just ran beyond the fullback and his pace took him past him, as he did when he, when he, when he spun uh, in the first half and he, he did Alonso right on the touchline and put the ball across the box and Leroy had the shot, but it was, it was blocked by Aspilicueta, went over the bar for a corner. But in those situations, it's like you say, it's about having that different dynamic. Having Raheem and Leroy means you're going to run beyond people. You're going to stay wide. They're going to drop deeper in those areas, but you'll always fancy Raheem and Leroy 1v1. But with, with, with Mahrez, you felt like a lot of the time his quality is coming from wide areas, whipping that ball from the right-hand side as an in-swinger towards the centre-forward. Which but, was great for Vardy at Leicester on the counter-attack, but I'm yeah. not sure it works in, in City's setup. What do you think, Nat? Yeah, I know. I know what you're saying about taking the chances, and you know it is. It was frustrating when they scored with it being their first shot on target, and you're thinking about the chances that that we had. Um, and yeah, absolutely. But I guess it's just you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm just accepting that we got beaten on the day. I feel like we played well, they played well, and they won. You know, yes, we didn't take our chances. They took a few of their chances, but I don't have a massive. Um, anger at the well, I mean, obviously I'm disappointed that we got beat but I'm not angry at the result I'm just kind of accepting of it does that make sense oh I think I think we are as well it's just uh, I'm obviously just trying to figure out wh what what you might do different who, who am I to, to uh, question Pep? How dare you? He's <laughs> coach in the world. But again, but, lots of fans have, haven't they, Cheesy? Lots of fans have yeah. been talking about his substitutions and, and were, they, mm. were they the right substitutions to make? And were you taking off Leroy Sani at that time and, as opposed to Mares? And there's lots of, lots of questions around, like you say, around Gabriel Jesus. He's not really hit any, any great sort of vein of form, but he's not played that many games to try and get that consistency going. He scored three in, you know, in, in a game where he did score goals, so that's always going to be there but you're having to compare them to, to Sergio Aguero. You know, and, and we've had to counteract the fact that we've not had Mendy playing consistently, really. And, and, and Fabian Delph, although he's been incredible in terms of stepping into the breach 
all of last season and he's been very good he was found wanting once or twice but it's great because all these players can learn from these these situations and we can get stronger and better and David Silva has always said that he feels we're better than last season well I think we've had a dip in form recently you know we're only a point behind Liverpool and we've got something now to look up to, which I think will spur us on and will put loads of pressure on Liverpool. They've got Napoli this week. They've got Man United at the weekend. You know, it, it's not easy at the top, is it? It's tough at the top, is what they say. <laughs> it's tough at the top. Right, OK, we're going to uh, we're going to talk a bit more about the game with an ex-City player in a moment. And I'm going to quiz you. T- well, you two can have questions to me to try and see if you can work out who that player is right after this. Manchester City Football Social with Blue Moon Rising. Hi, Jason Nestle Pike, Paul Laker here. We've got another guest coming uh, to join us now. Um, these two don't know who that guest is. Ooh. So you have um, a chance to quiz me now to see if you can work out who it is. So, oh, right. So what What are we just asking? We can you, ask you know, anything sort of or? Male, female. Oh. Is it, are you saying yes or no? Yeah. Okay. They are. I did it already. Oh, yeah. Are you going first, Paul? <laughs> All right, then. Um, did this player has this player played pre or post the start of the Premier League? That's not yes or no. Oh, uh, pre. <laughs> oh, sorry, you're right. Sorry, mate. yeah. Well, I'll give so you. So was one. it? Pre. Thanks, mate. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So pre. So yeah. it's before. Yeah, okay. Before the Premier League era, is it? The football didn't even exist then, did it? Before the Premier League era. So I'm going to say it's a man then because City's women's football was, Correct. was 30 Next. years old. That's not a question to you. I was no, referring no, that to Paul. Yes. I was referring that to Paul. Oh, go on, Paul. Um, okay. <laughs> um, has this player played more than a hundred games for City? Uh, oh, that's a good question. Just let me double He's check. He's checking his Wikipedia. But, um, but you mean you I'm, don't know? I'm pretty sh- no. Is the answer no? Is this person a a hired professional currently of Manchester City in a legend capacity? No. Ah. Oh. Did this player play in the nineties? No. Well, you might have played, but not for City. Yeah, okay. 80s? Yes. Right, okay. A player in the 80s. Oh, sorry, you'll go, Paul. Has this player ever been captain? Oh, that's a good question. We'll ask him in a minute. (laughs) Did he... Is he a striker? He was thought of as a captain. Is he a striker? Yes. Oh, a striker from the 80s. Is he English? Yes. An English striker from the 80s that played... I was just alive in the 80s. Um, what was all that stuff you said before about you're nearly our age? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just trying to be nice. Um, Tell you what, I'm going to put you out of your misery. Okay. Uh, joining us on the line now is... Who are you, sir? Boona, Mark Lillis. Mark Lillis. <laughs> Hello! You go. How are you doing, guys? <laughs> We're good. How are you? They couldn't get you. Thank you. I'm all right. We have a captain. We have a captain. I was, yeah, when we went on tour to Austria. Billy McNeil, because Paul had left, Paul Power had left to go to Wellington, and Billy McNeil gave Mick McCarthy, I think Kenny and myself, one game each, and they ended up winning my game 2 1. And then when I got back to uh, England, I told my dad, and he was buzzing, and I was buzzing, and then the next step, they, they, they sold me to Derby. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Perfect record. Never so don't be, be a captain. No. <laughs> right, let, let's get your thoughts on the, the Chelsea game because you as a coach will have looked at it very analytically, won't you, Mark? Yeah, it was. Uh, I've got to be. I've got to hold my hand up. I thought Chelsea, Chelsea done really well. I thought uh, the game plan was really good. Um, looking at it, and um, it was two two 
good signs having a go at each other. We come out of the blocks quite quick, but I just felt as the, as the game was going on, we just lead, needed that leader up the top. You know, obviously we haven't got Aguero now, and how much we missed him now, and uh, you know that was uh, that was a that was uh, a pity on the night. But um, credit to Chelsea, I think uh, you know uh, I think they deserve to get to, to get the win to be truthful. But I think it's a good it's good in a way when you get games like that as a coach or as a head coach and Pep. You learn a lot from it, you know, and it's easy to say that even if you've lost. But you're going to have that in the season. You can't go on and play beautiful football every game in the season. You're going to get games where you you play horrible and win, or play horrible and lose. So I didn't think we played horrible. I thought we we, we did okay, but uh, I just thought we were, we were missing that uh, that lack of a leader at the top. And it's diff- when it comes to Sergio Aguero, though, I, people, somebody said to me um, the other day, is Jesus a, um, a, a fair replacement for a Sergio Aguero? And I said, well, who is? Like, who in the world is a replacement for Sergio Aguero? Like, when you've got one of the world's best players, like, who, you know, how do you forward plan for that? I think, as well, I think it's, it's a chance for a player. You know, when you're a player, and obviously you, your top strikers... Um, can't play and you you get your chance. I think you've really got to put a marker down into the especially the head coach's mind as well um, of what you can offer the offer the team. Um, and I thought you know I thought the Chelsea done well with our with our wide men. I thought they double up to them double up to them and, and and done a good job on them. You know if you looked at the stats, I would have thought that you know Sanya, um he did okay. He, he was I think he was a little bit. At fault for the goal, I think he didn't realise uh, the amount of importance it is to track a player back and get the goal side of him. But, um, you know, he's, he's a young boy and learn from that. You know, he's been fantastic uh, this season. So, these young players are going to have slips and they're going to they're uh, do really well. Paul will know that coming into the game as a young kid. You know, when he was a practice when I was a pro there, senior pro. And, we always knew then when he played in that youth cup, uh, a lot of them go on and make it because mentally they were good and, and they were good learners as well. Bruno, you know, um, in terms of playing with a false number nine, do, do you feel that when when you are um, identifying that individual player to be that false number nine, do, do they do you feel like they do have to have that ability to be able to play with their with their back to defenders? Yeah, I think so, because especially when you play with that, the first thing you'll know is some midfield player or a defender looks up and they want to win the, they want to win the strike and they want to win... They want to win the strike, and I think it's difficult when you're not playing with one. Um, you know, sometimes players can um, adjust to it quickly, and so on. I don't think we adjusted it to it that quickly the other night, you know. And uh, I think uh, Pep, uh, knowing our top quality head coach, he'll look at all the things that he felt they can do better, and the next time we come into that situation, he might, he might have to change it differently, they go to a different style or formation. It's certainly not uh, anything for City fans to worry about that defeat at Chelsea, is it, Mark? No, no, I was sat there watching it and, um, you know, this is going to happen, you know, um, and it's how, it's how you react to it. That's, that's a big thing. Um, but, uh, no, you know, I was watching the game and it was end-to-end and you had some good top-quality plays on show and that, but... Um, it was a disappointment, but we've got to, you know, we've got to we're straight at it against Everton the, the next game. So it'll be interesting to see how we do. And I love it when ex, I've said this. I said this last week when we had Paul Dickoff on. But when any ex player still refers to us as we, I just love it. And I, and I heard you there, Mark. You, you, you kept saying we. 
Yeah, he never leaves. I mean, it was brought up in Longside in, in, in Manchester and and Lost Side areas and that. And uh, he never leaves. You know, um, and, and playing obviously didn't make as many appearances as Lake had done. But even one game with that shirt on, you know, it's, uh, you'll never never forget it. And uh, that first season I had there. Uh, Obviously, leading goal scorers was great, but you know some of the some of the games that we played, and uh, it was great to know that you know you're hopefully going to pass a little advice on to the young youth team that was coming through then, because I knew it was going to be some some, some top players who went on and had great careers, not just in football, in life, and that's what you want from uh, you know, especially myself being an older pro. You want to give them good advice about life and uh, how to uh, deal with it, and uh, this is great satisfaction, but it'll always be weak. The thing has been, like you say, there. I mean, it's, it's all credit to you, and and I know from from speaking personally that we all appreciated that. The fact is, when you when you when you you talk the talk and walk the walk, and you you have you have actually played in front of you know the the, the main road faithful, you know, and had thousands of fans cheering for you, and you've experienced that. That then means that players, young players, will look, will look up to you and will listen to you. And I thought you, you more than most, along with Paul Power, made a real effort to make that connection with the young players. And I can tell you now, you're always speak, you're always spoken of fondly. Mark, thanks very much for joining us tonight. We love you. Thank so you, thanks Mark. very much. The Phil Foden. Thank you. Thank you. The Phil Foden, you know, of his generation. So Phil Foden's oh. just done a, a new contract, five and a half years, £30,000 a week. I make that about £9 million over the next five and a half years. Not bad. Um, anyway, everybody wants him to succeed uh, because he's a local lad, he's a City fan. That's what Mark was. So it mm. seems to, seem, you know, see what I mean, there? Uh, yeah, he together. He's planned that, hasn't he? No, and we're talking about young players. Jaden Sancho had a great game yeah. at the weekend for Dortmund against my other team, Schalke. Um, and Diaz, Ibrahim Diaz is another player who's, uh, you know, been spoken about as potentially moving on. I think you want to talk about that now, don't you, Nat? Yeah, well, we've got a caller on the line. We've got Miles um, who, who would like to chat about Brahim. Hi, Miles. Hi, Natalie. You OK? Yeah, how, how are, are you? You all right? You all right? Yeah, yeah fine, thank you. So, yeah. what are you uh, thinking, mate? Just, yeah, I'm just thinking about Brahim Diaz, really. I mean, going back to the Fulham game where we won 2-0, and uh, he scored two goals. I think he got man of the match as well, didn't he? In that one, um, I just, I just thought that was the one game where he did have an exceptional performance, and I thought he'd kick on for a start in the Premier League. But it just didn't seem to happen for him. And I'd be a bit gutted if he did go, really, from City with with his age as well, especially with his like Ian just touched upon them was the Sancho. He's doing really well out at Dortmund now, but. Um, I was thinking, like, I think him and Foden are definitely deserving Premier League stars instead of, like, coming on for the last five minutes of a game. And uh, I just thought, as a professional footballer, I suppose Paul would know a bit better about this. What, what, what would he think about it? Do you think he is worthy of a start now? Well, I think he is. And, and, and actually, there's, there's different lessons because, actually, if you, if you look at uh, Brahim, he, he's been with us for a long time now. He knows the system inside and out. And his he, aspiration was to play in the first team. So, obviously, he's not been able to do that. He's seen how well Jadon Sancho's done. And that actually has worked against City in that respect because he's realised that I'm as good as Jadon. I should be given that chance. And there's only really Phil that is going to get that chance. Phil will be playing uh, next season. He'll be a regular. 
muscular. But in terms of Brahim Diaz, you know, he's brave, but he's realised that Jaden can do it, I want to do it. I'm not going to get a chance when I've got Sergio and I've got Jesus in front of me. What chance am I going to get if I play deeper? There's, a, there's, a, there's a, obviously a, a plethora of world-class players in front of me again. I'm not really going to get my chance. I, I want to be patient, but I need to be playing football. So if I was in his shoes, I think I'd be the same. Another squad rotation. I'm, sh- I, I'm certain... I'm putting my reputa- no, reputation's going too Ooh. far. But I think Foden will start tomorrow against Hoffenheim. I think he'll start next Tuesday at Leicester. So he's going to get game time. And maybe this is a question for another week. But who makes way? If Phil Foden is going to be a regular starter next season, which you're saying, Paul, who makes way for him? So and that's like, that you've like teed that up, up for next week, haven't you? And that <laughs> bombshell. Um, thank you very much for listening. Obviously, we are available as a podcast. If you've only heard a bit of the show, uh, or you've heard it all and you want to hear it again, or you just want to spread the word, then, uh, then you know, look for the uh, Football Social XS Manchester Twitter. The link will be out on there. It'll be out on my Twitter. I'm sure Paul and Natalie will tweet it out as well. And, uh, and I'm back tomorrow, Wednesday Club. See you then.